three. We're still counting these. Yes. Are we? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. It is News Talks SSE, our Tricity League podcast. Richie McCormick and my able assistant, Oshin Langan, alongside me as ever after another busy and enthralling week, especially in the Premier Division where we had action in Oriel Park, a particularly spiky affair with the last season's top two, and also uh, with that match involving Shamrock Rovers and St. Pat's, of which the Saints got the better. Yes, looking forward to hearing Owen Heary. Uh, we'll also have the rap, and I've noticed that there's a real divide between League of Ireland supporters. They don't show the love for each other. So I'm going to try and get them to do that. How? Uh, I'm not saying... Now, Richie, Richie, I'm not saying we're better in GA, and uh, I'm not saying the people who What's follow rugby way? are better. I'm just saying that, you know, you don't need to segregate, segregate the fans in, in those sports, but you do in uh, you're on dangerous, soccer. You're on dangerous ground there. Really dangerous ground. You sound like the chairman of a Ukrainian uh, Champions League club who may or may not have issues <laughs> with certain in society. I will remind you that I did want to call this uh, podcast the Artricity League Casuals. I've, I've nailed my colours to the mast from the very, 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 very start. And you know why we shot down that idea? Why? Because it's an appalling name. I just thought it summed up my attitude nicely. I'd rather go with clunky and formal than really, really bad. Oh, really, Mr. Hardcore League yeah. supporter? How many uh, games have you? Uh, let's move on. Games we're going to hear from Owen. I've Heary. been at a game. Have you been at a game? We're going, going, we're going Thursday to, night as well. Are you going? Please. Just, uh, shall you do your rap of the week? Yes, I shall. Everyone starts going. Here's the gaffer, quick. A first win for John Caulfield as Cork City manager away to Dundalk in the league was the result of the weekend, while Bohemians' 3 all draw with Wexford Hughes was the game of the weekend. Somewhere in between was St. Pat's 2-0 win against Shamrock Rovers. City and Rovers were due to meet this weekend, but that game has been postponed due to the international call-ups to the under-21s. They face Italy, by the way, in Waterford on Thursday evening. Here is Hoops boss Pat Fenlon on their defeat to the Saints. We're disappointed. I think we've had a good start to the season. We're disappointed tonight because when you lose games and you lose them by being well beaten or the second best team, you don't mind. But when you lose it and you don't deserve it, it's harder to take. We'll talk Pats against Dundalk shortly, but first, a darkness has descended on our league. Well, to be fair, I'm going to bring some candles, I think, to the next game. So if we need them, we can um, we can see it out. Um, I wanted to continue with the game um, and see it out. There was only four minutes left and a couple of minutes, I think, of um, of injury time to add to it. So um, we wanted to see it through. The players wanted to see it through. Do you feel you could have went on to win it? Yeah, I do, yeah. Sligo manager Dave Robertson felt his team had the edge at that time and could have gone on to win. He was speaking to Ocean FM. Now, I think it's very lucky that the result stands because... If it was wiped from the record books, it means Damian McNulty's wonder goal, his equaliser for Harps, would have been wiped as well. As would his headless chicken style celebration. If you haven't seen the goal, check it out. He told Donegal Sports Hub all about it and how, if one of his teammates had his way, he wouldn't have got the strike away in the first place. Cross came on and there was a kind of scramble and kind of popped up and packed head on. And Kevin was standing behind me shouting, leave it, leave it. And I just kept my head on and looked at me. I call it very well, to be honest, and I just flew in the top corner. I don't score many goals, I don't know how they celebrate, just one of the hardest fans. <laughs> Thursday night football it is for St. Pat's and Dundalk, who are part of a five-team log jam at the top, along with Cork City, Derry and Shamrock Rovers. Stewie Byrne and Irish independent football correspondent Dan MacDonald joined off the ball as usual on a Tuesday night for their League of Ireland chat. Stewie says 
it will be interesting to see if Dundalk can bounce back straight away from their defeat at home to Cork City. Obviously, everyone are going to be looking for a reaction from Dundalk. And I suppose there'll be a lot of questions asked now if they go and, and get turned over by Pat. And that'll be, a, that'll be an, an, awful, an awful week for them if that was the case. Actually, I think Pats are quite a positive side. They attack teams and that plays into Dundalk's hands sometimes because they're so good on the break. They've yeah. got quick players and they can break fast. And so it's not necessarily in, in Pat's style to take any kind of... Uh, I don't know, containment approach to a team they face. They will try to be positive as well and, and sometimes that suits them, Doc, and sometimes it makes for a very entertaining game. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see how they how they approach it. Oh, got a high scoring draw, I think. I mean, both these teams, when they get going, can have a real good go at each other. I think Dundalk will go and play um, and Pat's the same. And uh, To be fair, I think I think Pat's, you know, like Liam Buckley's always set his team out to uh, play football, expansive football and um, and they might have always had a little bit of a, a weak underside, but you know, looking at the players that he signed, the Dennehy brothers, they've got a, a bit of an edge to them, and I think they they might have that this year. You know, a bit of a blend, a bit of a mix of some good expansive football and, and that edge that's always required. So that could be a real cracking game. It would have been a real shame if his goal had been chalked off. It would have uh, been because horrific of, because of uh, let's say fastidiousness on the FAI's part. Although it is slightly worrying that we are having games interrupted by floodlight failure. There have been many on the Twitter machine, etc., who over the course of those uh, games, especially the game up in um, the showgrounds, were pointing towards certain deals that might be in place with the league and the influence they might have, which is, I think, stretching it, uh, to say the least. But just the very fact that I think the equipment at grounds doesn't seem to be up to snuff. And, and like very basic thing like floodlights, it's where they'd have right by the third week of the season. We'll bring an electrician on next week, maybe. It's nothing like a bit of a spark to the show. Oh, God. Look, I can't say a word after including five in the League of Ireland rap. Yeah, I was just going to ask Something you about I'm that. Something I'm very proud of, actually. You shouldn't be very proud of that. Five were, were terrible. There were several other better songs. Five will make it get gone. down. You've been in coppers when the five mix has been played. Do you know what, right? I have to check up on this yes. again. and We probably can cut this out of it if you want, but I recommend you leave it in. Five were announced to play what was my former local, the pub up the road from where I grew up, which was the Clonsilla Inn. Uh, but they'd put up on the Facebook page that they were in talks to have as many as three of five to do an appearance slash gig wow. at the inn. That's yeah. way more than the, is it one or two members of the original E17, as they are now called, who were playing Christmas gigs up at the Regency? There was, yeah, no, I think three of them did the Regency gig a couple of years ago. I know way too much about this. You do, actually. And then I passed by a poster for... I think they did a gig in the academy at which and there were reports about this online about 12 people and yeah I think a third of them were on stage and two of them had never been anywhere near E17 during their glory days so only one original member uh, it was Terry and John no, don't look you could make up names I wouldn't know the difference listen was Tony Mortimer there uh, no Terry and John right. two that used to kind of shape in the background and throw their yeah. shoulders about a fair bit but not really do anything okay should we move this on from E17? Yeah, that You're looking sounds... looking for a segue you here, know, aren't you? you? Yeah, that sounds all right, all right. Every, I'll stop. <laughs> Speaking okay. of East. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, Owen Heary joins us now. Owen, obviously a league winner under Pat Fenlon at Bohemians and Shelburne. We're going to talk about all sorts of everything, including Bohemians' three-all draw with Wexford. Uh, but first, um, Owen, Pat Fenlon, your old manager, wouldn't have been too happy with his side's performance on Friday night. Well, actually, he said he was okay with it. They deserved a draw, but... They are disappointed because they lost 2-0. Um, how do you think he will have reacted to this? Pat will get over that and he'll be focused on the next game. Obviously, he probably wanted Cork the game to come around quickly so he can get straight back into it. Now they, 
they'll have a, another weekend break. So it's a lot more that he can walk on. But, you know, then you're talking about other teams playing ahead that could win and then there's six points behind them. How much will that Pat's result have stung him? Oh. Yeah, he'd be, he'd, be, he'd be hurt, obviously, over it because he wants to win every game, like, like most managers and most players. But, uh, you know, he's not going to let it affect him. It's not only the start of the league. You know, I think that's the first goal that they conceded. Um, so he's not going to get too too worried over it, but he'll want to rectify it as quickly as possible and get another three points on the board and, and keep moving in the, in the direction of the top of the table. When you were playing under Pat and you saw him jumping up and down on the sideline, did you react on the pitch? Because from what I saw last Friday night, his Rovers players didn't do that. Now, whether or not that was a one-off, I'm not sure, but it was very much the case in the game against Pats. No, I mean, when you're, when you're focused on the match, yeah, you listen to what the manager's saying and, and you hear thing, but, you know, Pat can't cross the white lines for them. They have to do it themselves. So, you know, today they probably know that they didn't play as well as they could, players-wise. And, you know, Pat will let them know that. And I'm sure Glenn Cronin and, and Dave Henderson and staff there were, you know, going on to the training pitch and, and tell them this is what they need to do. This is how they have to rectify it. And I mean, you look at when we were at Bowles, we lost the second game of the season to Pats and then went on a great run and ended up winning the league. So I'm sure Pat will be drilling that into them. But it's only the, the third game, fourth game of the season. You know, by no means to be at the over, no panic. It's just a case of getting back down to doing the business and, and continue on in the right frame of mind. Pat's developed something of a reputation as being something of a cautious manager, not, you know, holding back in, in terms of tactics, but making sure that everything is tied at the back before they'll go and progress forward. Is, is, is that fair, Owen? Is that a fair assessment of where Fenland's at now as manager? Well, like, I mean, if you, if you go back to the teams that he's played under, or played, that I played under him, I mean, you look at Bowles and say we won the lead by 19 points. So I don't think he, he's negative. I think, you know, the, the old thing is that strikers will win your games and defenders will win your leagues. And that, you know, I mean, we, you play games where. You could be getting overrun by one team, but they're defensively strong. And you're not conceding that, and you just might have a, a chance of nicking a goal. And I think that's what you know. Most teams are, are built on. If you look over the last couple of years, you know, uh, like Dundalk last year and year before, don't concede many goals. You, you know, when you win games, and I think that's what you know. You have to rectify. You have to drill into your team. If you, if you don't concede many. And you've every chance of winning the game and you've every chance of winning the league. You touched upon those senior lieutenants out in the pitch for overs at the moment and I know you would have been one of those uh, back at Bowes around 08 or 09 time. How much does Pat rely on those players out in the pitch to deliver his message? Yeah, of course, because I said, you know, Pat can't cross the white line, but it's not only on the pitch, it's, it's off the pitch, so you need to have the, the right people drilling into players when they're off the pitch. You know, you have to be just as much focused when, you, when you're on it, you know, you have to make sure you're doing the right things off, you're eating properly, you're resting when you can I mean, you go into training that you make sure things are done properly. You know, there's no messing and you listen to what the manager is telling you and what he wants you to do. And if you stick to that game plan, you know, well, Pat's game plan, then you'll definitely come away with winning more games than, than most. But, uh, yeah, you, have, you, need, you know, you need your lieutenants for that. And, you know, Pat will obviously talk to the senior players and see how they're getting on and there's that, and that needs changing. You know, he's, he's open to people giving them feedback as well. It's not just one way, it's Pat's way or no way. You know, it's, he listens to the feedback from the players and sees what needs to be done and you get all the information and then go to game plan for the next game for St. Pat's it's another big game this weekend they're up against Dundalk on Thursday night and they're at home now they'll be looking to carry their momentum Dundalk will be looking to bounce back having lost to Cork City at home yeah you know you look and say Pat's the first game of the season getting well beaten by Galway and you know there's a little bit of a wobble there but they've bounced back terrifically they've bounced back by beating Shamrock Rovers They've gone and, and done a little run and I was talking to Dave Colley there during the week and he's enjoying it. 
So, you know, beating Bowles as well. They've got some good wins under that belt now. And they're going to the Dundalk game with great momentum. The opposite side, Dundalk, I, I wouldn't say they'd be panicking yet. Just one defeat again. But again, it's against one of the, the title rivals. So they, they won't I'll be happy about that. So I'm sure Stephen Kenny will have them like, like what Pat does. You know, give them a game plan and try to rectify that and try to keep pushing up the table. And McElhenney collected an injury while going on a counter-attack against Cork City. It looked like he pulled his calf or damaged his hamstring. He was limping very badly. It doesn't look like he's going to feature in this game. He would be a big loss because he was kind of part of that... I'll use the term restructure. I'm not sure if it's the right term to use or not. He was kind of part of the rebuild after losing Richie Towell. Yeah, I, I think, to be honest with you, McElhenney is one of the best players in the country and playing in the number 10 position. I mean, he can go off left foot, right foot. I think it was a, it was a great signing by Dundalk, and he'd be totally missed. But then you have Benson again, another you know terrific signing from UCD. Yeah, you don't want to help Benson in, in managing a, a sort of a bigger team where there's more pressure on him. But I'm sure, given the chance, he'll take it with both hands. And you know, it'll be interesting to see. You know, does he start him or does he play someone else in that role? But I'm sure there's plenty of players to cope with McElhenney out. And you know, you have Stevie O'Donnell in there. I think he pulls the strength in midfield and he's an exceptional player. If Hawking comes in after wing, you know, they've, they've a lot of talent in their team, so I'm sure they'd be well out to cope with the, with the loss of one player. Yeah, speaking of talent within the Dundalk squad, Gary Rogers between the six is one of those. He got to train with the Republic of Ireland squad this week, going, how much of a boost is that to him personally? And also, yeah, I suppose, to the league as a whole to see that, you know, there is an eye being cast still over here. Yeah, I, th- I think he's, he's obviously brought in to, to help out with, with the training matches and things that are, that are playing. You know, it's a great little boost for the league. I wouldn't get too carried away with it. I'm sure it's only brought in because it's a training session and you need an extra keeper. You know, I don't think it's the fact of all oh, pulling players left, right, and centre from the League of Ireland. Um, but it's great that you know he's, he's acknowledging it. He's not just bringing in any willy nilly. It's someone from our own league and, and putting them in there. But you know, Forrester was called up. Unfortunately, he was injured. It would have been nice to see him. You know, get a run out. Matt Doherty's still in the squad, so these players are coming through the league, which is great. Uh, he's seen them play and he's keeping an eye on them and he's bringing them in and hopefully you know in the next couple of years you'll see more players progressing into the, into the first game of Ireland Wes Houlihan is someone we've talked about before Owen you've talked about how good he is and how worthy he is of his place in the Ireland squad you've got other players there who've come through the League of Ireland including Kevin Doyle Shane Long uh, James McLean David Ford uh, Rogers obviously we've mentioned his training with the squad this week um, how does the league prepare these players for, I'm not going to say international football because very rare is it that a player goes directly into the Ireland squad but I don't think it's any coincidence that these guys played a bit of league then went over, plied their trade in England and now they're very much to the fore in the Ireland squad because they're not just fringe squad members I mean they've all played their part at times Yeah I, I totally agree with that I think it was a good platform especially for the likes of say Wezzo and Kevin Doyle but they came through a league at a time when I was professional and when I was full time so it's a lot different than it is now and, um, you know, you're getting paid 52 weeks of the year, which is a total job where you're, you're focused solely on playing football. You're not worried about getting up the next morning and going to work. And I think that was the platform that, you know, helped them progress over to the over to England, whether it was playing the Premiership or the Championship. You know, and then it's another little step up for them, you know, doing things the proper and the right way. And, and they progress. You're really saying, and to me, Wes Hulham is the best player that I've ever seen in this league. And his dedication brought him over to where he is. I mean, he had to go the long way, the long way around to get to where he is. And, now he's, he's a regular in the Ireland team and it's great to see. But again, I think Christopher Forrester can be in the same mould of Wes Hulham. I, I, I'd say he's not as, as strong as Wes Hulham, but again, he's a, a street footballer, natural talent, and I'm sure he'd be the next big team to come through. 
We've seen a couple of players going over in the last couple of years. Richie Towell, I guess, is the best example. Uh, Chris Forrester, you mentioned there. Shawnee Maguire went over to West Ham. Okay, he has come back, but uh, maybe he may go over again at some stage. He's still quite young. Are you worried that there won't be as many guys going over and there won't be as much of a benefit to the Ireland team now because the league is now mainly part-time and it has changed structure-wise? Yeah, definitely. You know, we're looking at it and you're saying, well, Richie Towell... You know, he's gone over, but he, he's not in, obviously, in the team over there. But, again, you know, Dundalk are full-time, so I gave him a little bit of a platform. But you're, you're talking about getting paid 41 weeks of the year, and players start thinking then, oh, what are you going to do in the next step? And, you know, coming to the end of their contract, you see players sort of already signing contracts with other teams, or they're obviously looking for jobs, or going to goal. And I think that's going to be a tough, you know, in years to come, where if we're part-time, and players are going to find it harder to go over and play over in England. I mean... Even, like if you're only playing 41 weeks over here, it's so long for half season, you know. And we're summer football, so you know teams aren't getting to see us over the winters, you know, playing matches or training or anything like that. So it's a lot difficult, I say, now to go back over there from the winter months. But I can't see a lot of players progressing the way we have done over the last couple of years because of the league. Uh, it's probably a difficult question to answer on, but what's more likely to change? first is it that the players will come through and be at a level to be able to head over or that the structures will be put in place here to I suppose foster those players oh, yeah, I think the structure has to be put in place here I mean you know you look around the league and you see that so many players have played for so many different clubs you know they've gone from say Bowles to Shamrock Rovers to Shell to Pat all in the space of 5-6 years they keep jumping clubs there's no uh, long term contract where a player has been in a club say for 4 or 5 years before he moves on so once you say a Shamrock Rovers and he's under Pat Fenlon, Pat Fenlon's telling him what to do for the whole season, and then all of a sudden he's gone to the Pats, where you know Liam Buckley's telling him what to do, a totally different manager. So there's no consistency in, in players staying with clubs, and that's nothing nothing uh, to do with the players. It's to do with the way the league is. You know that there's an uncertainty when they're coming to the end of their contracts, and they're only signing one year deal. So you know you can understand why players need to go and look after themselves, and, and you know sort of have money for the following season coming in. You mentioned Bowes there. They're up against Galway United at Eamon DC Park this Saturday at 2 o'clock. But I want to ask you about their game against Wexford Hughes. 3 all the final score. I saw the highlights on Soccer Republic, but you were there. Um, was the game as good as the scoreline suggests? Yeah, it was a very entertaining game for the neutral. Obviously, I want to Bowes to win, but um, you know, sitting there, it was, it was end-to-end. There was some good football in it. There was some good tackles going in. The referee allowed them you know, to continue. So it was a good game all around. Good goals penalty decisions you know it's everything that you want to see in a League of Ireland game where you go down and, and have an interest in watching but uh, you know I'm sure Wexford will feel aggrieved that they didn't come away with the three points and then Bowles probably near the end possibly could have got the three points as well so overall the draw table was a fair, a fair result Yeah we're listening to Shane Keegan there speaking about his players feeling hard done by I suppose not to come away with all three points and for them uh, to come up from Division 1 to go to Daly Mount and feel aggrieved to not come away from there with three points uh, speaks volumes of what their ambitions are for the season but for Bowles it's now six goals conceded within the space of a week. They're aside over the past couple of years that pride themselves on their ability to defend well and build from there. These last couple of games are going to be concerned for Keith Long and Co. Yeah, I was, I was looking at the game and I was surprised with the players that they have of Dave McClatty, Anton Moore, Pendergast, Derek Pender, Lopez, that they were conceding our throw-ins. You know, and they, they look a little bit shaky on set-piece, which is unlike them because they're good defenders, they're big lads and, and they should be able to deal with it. But two, set, two throw-ins cause them a lot of problems but I'm sure you know Keith will have them on the training field and, and bring them through them like, they're good professionals they're not young players you know they're, they're a seasoned pro so they should be able to bounce back from that but 
you're looking at them going into the Galway game and Galway's had a, a terrific start, you know, they've been flying for the last couple of weeks, great win against Pats, a draw up in Sligo, unfortunate to lose against Derry on the road again, obviously, but, you know, they're at home now and they'll be looking to bounce back against both, so I think that's a, that's a tough down to call between the two teams and I'm sure key to be drilling it into both that defensively they need to tighten up, need to stop conceding goals because they have, you know, a array of talent in their squad to score goals, but I expect both to be, you know, over the next couple of weeks to be uh, bouncing back and then getting more points on the board quickly and I suppose judging by last Friday's efforts Ayman Ben Mohammed is going to play a large part in that yeah he, he was he was in and out of the game in the first half but in the second half he came to life for about 15-20 minutes where you know he got off the full back got the full back on a yellow card and then I think both stopped giving him the ball to go out the full back which you know baffled me a bit but you know he seems to have talent and when he goes at people he goes at people with pace and he can go inside and outside so you know I think he'll get more confidence as the season goes on you know he's at a big club now where he needs to be produced on weekend, week out, and I'm sure that'd be uh, that'd be part of his of his of what he to be of the them. So yeah, I can see him playing a big part in both season this year. Um, two Wexford players in the Irish Suns team of the week including Kenny and Murphy Murphy is a guy I want to ask you about because I heard Dan MacDonald of the Irish Independent talking about him on Off the Balls League of Ireland chat a couple of Tuesdays ago and he said that he's a very talented guy maybe he's not in peak condition but even in the condition he is in he will do damage you know looking at him he probably doesn't look in peak condition well, I remember people used to say that about Glenn Crow as well, and Glenn Crow was one of the fittest players I've ever seen in the league. You know, just because of the perception of the way he looked doesn't mean that he's not fit. You know, and he, he did, he played very well. You know, he got around the park when he had to, he got on the ball, passed the ball when he had to. So, you know, I don't believe that a player, because he doesn't look to someone else that he's not fit, that he, that he isn't fit. But, you know, as I say, Wexford were, were very good. They passed the ball very well. Their, their fitness levels were good come the end of the, the, end of the game. He had a chance to make a 4-2, which, unfortunately, for me, I might say that Dino saved it. Yeah. But, uh, and then both ended up the other end and scored. So, I mean, you can see Wexford taking a lot of points off people. They have a throw-in on either side, right? It's, it's better than a corner. It's a pinpoint thrown in from, you could be saying, 30 yards away. And especially down now in, in Wexford, in their home ground, it's a smaller pitch where they'll be able to put the ball really in on top of the keeper when they're playing against them. But I expect them to pick up a lot more points. Again, they need to stop conceding goals, a bit like what Bowles did. Uh, Matt Quigley in the first half got in between two centre-halves and managed to score a great header. So I'm sure, you know, Shane will be, again, another one who'll be saying tighten up. I don't know whether the league as a whole, that defending seems to be gone over. You know, I've noticed over the last year, uh, there doesn't seem to be that different in defending. You know, there seems to be a lot of easy goals going in. So I'm sure, um, you know, a lot of teams will be trying to, to tighten up in that area of the pack. You never guess you're a defender yourself, Owen, there. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Owen, it sounds to me like you think Wexford Hughes will be OK. Yeah, I think so. I think they'd be, you know, they probably won't be up to the top end of the table or the middle, but they'd be above probably the relegation zone, but I can see them staying in the league. I mean, from what I see in, obviously on uh, Friday night, I can see that they'll have a decent season and, and pick up more points. Owen Heary, ex of Sligo Rovers in terms of management, an ex-player, a manager at Bowes, an ex of Shelburne as well. Fine service in the league. And Kilkenny City. And Kilkenny City, we can't forget that. Uh, great to have him on. Hopefully we will do again in the future. Uh, great views on the league that he has. And insightful too, O'Shane, unlike your good self. Uh, it is Richie and Ushin here with you with the SSE or Tristy League podcast. As Ushin may have mentioned at the top, and he's very proud of this, at the top of this week's pod, he's been out and about. Yes, uh, they finally let me out. Talking to the proles. You, the fan, has been faced with the spectre that is Ushin Langan and his dangling yeah. microphone. This is the part where we, we pretend we really care what you have to say. We don't. We don't. Um, but you are good to fill in time and we don't have to pay you, so that's, you know, all part of it. Listen, I've noticed over the years 
that League of Ireland fans are probably more bitter towards each other than any other groups of supporters. 100%. Is that unfair? 100%. Okay, and, yeah. I, and obviously I follow all sports predominantly. GAA says League of Ireland podcast ah, listen, it's, anyway, no, it's, listen. Not, it's nothing on the Leach and Cavan rivalry no, in GAA not quite. but, but anyway I want the fans to say something nice about each other and we can start healing the rift and you know they don't have to love each other they don't have to go as far as when Itchy and Scratchy was kind of produced by Marge Simpson and they just gave each other presents lemonade <laughs> exactly they don't, they don't quite have to go that far but they you know it wouldn't kill them to say something nice about each other. So, after the game, on Friday night last, in Tala, uh, obviously because it's soccer, uh, the fans have to be held in afterwards and you can't let them mix like you can do in GA and rugby. Again, I'm not saying we're better folks, but anyway, I spoke to... Marconi House. <laughs> I spoke to some of the St. Pat's fans and I asked them to say something nice about the Rover supporters. People like Coldplay and voted for the Nazis. You can't trust people, Jeremy. Absolutely nothing nice about the Rovers fan. You got anything nice no, to say about the Rovers? No respect at all. <laughs> Your League of Ireland no. brothers. I hope they have a nice journey home. <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't say that, no. Timlin hooks across in looking for Fagan. Oh, that's a fantastic header from Fagan. And it's 2 0 to Pats. Well, you can see in the last three games now, you know, especially the back four now, they settled down. Midfield are playing well. And Chrissy is banging in the goal. What more can you ask for? Seven new players we have. We've only four players out there from last year. Seven new, so we're starting to gel a little bit now, thanks be to God. Get my pass, and wander, go kick in the ass. Like Bishop Brennan. What? Like Bishop Len Brennan. Like Bishop Len Brennan. Yeah. <laughs> I think the best part about that is you having to explain to the poor gentleman who Bishop Len Brennan is, him clearly not getting it, <laughs> even really after the third it. prod, and just appeasing you by going, yeah, all right, yeah, grunt. Yeah, yeah, I think he was thinking, look, anything to get this guy with the microphone. I've seen people look at you like that before. And to be honest with you, each time it's been well-deserved. And I don't think now is any different. It's normally during the five remix in Coppers. Again, with the f- it's the five mega mix that they released after the, the Brits amazing, performance that time. It's an amazing tune. It's when tune. Sean decided yeah. to leave the By the band. way, we do not encourage anyone to keep Pat Fennin of the arts or any other manager for that matter. Yeah. Or a member of a League of Ireland squad. Didn't somebody try that? And wasn't there an issue with Hearts and Hibs a couple of years ago where somebody tried to make contact I with the bench? I would not like to be the person. Yeah, I remember that now actually. Yeah. As I, said, I would not like to be the person who tries it with Nutsy. Uh, who no. I'm a big fan of, by the way, and always have been. Always have been a big fan of, of Nutsy. He brought uh, both some great success uh, back in the day. Yeah. And, and is just generally a very good manager. And when you interview him, he's actually quite an interesting guy. He has a lot to say. We should get him on the show. We really should. We call this a show or a pod. Let's call it a show. Let's give it a bit more bizarre than showbiz. Well, maybe we could get News Talk to stick it on at 5am in the morning. Then it becomes a show. It goes from being a podcast to a show. Oh, then we'll have to be slightly more professional than yeah. we are being, which would be a bit of an ask. Okay, this week it's a bit odd. Obviously, Ireland playing on Friday night. Hodge it being Podge Good week. Friday. Yeah. So there are no games on Friday. On Thursday night, as we say, St. Pat's taking on Dundalk. I'm looking forward to going to that game. Are you looking forward to going to that game, Richie? You being the League of Ireland hardcore man? On Thursday? Yeah. No, I'm going to be working, O'Shane. I'm working hard. Some of us don't get up with the crack of dawn so you can go to matches willy-nilly. <laughs> it's a relatively decent excuse. Anyway, on uh, Saturday at 2, Galway United, who were in good form, although they lost to Derry last weekend, taking on Bohemians. That one starts at 2, as I say. Wexford Youths taking on Derry City. That one kicks off at 5 o'clock. That'll be an interesting game. Bray Wanderers taking on Sligo at 7.30 that evening. And Finn Harps meeting Longford Town. That one kicks off at 8 o'clock in Bally Buffet. In the first division, Shelburne meet Drotta. Cove Ramblers play UCD. Athlone play Limerick. And uh, Cabin TD 
up against Waterford United all of those games taking place on Saturday Limerick by the way leading the first division by four points Drogheda second on five Cabin Teeley third on four along with uh, Cove Ramblers Waterford just behind them on three having won at UCD last week again if we haven't talked about your club it's because we don't rate you and you're right to be paranoid Minnows Absolute and total minnows At Oshin Langan is my uh, Twitter address by the way And at Richie McCormick is mine on the Twitter And we're going to have to cut all that out If this is to go out at 5 o'clock in the morning Some random Tuesday on Newstalk Okay that's it for this week We'll catch you next week Don't forget to tune into Off The Ball on Tuesday night As always they'll talk to Stewie Byrne And Dan MacDonald as part of their League of Ireland coverage Thank you.